welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esso. A couple of Sundays back, we started on the principles of God's kingdom. We said that God's kingdom is different from heaven's kingdom, that the kingdom of God is different from the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a place, is a location, but the kingdom of God is more of an influence. And the Bible says the kingdom of this world will soon become the kingdom of God and his Christ. In other words, Jesus is coming back to set up reign upon the earth at some point in time. But before that, the kingdom is spreading. And if you look at Luke chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus told them that the kingdom doesn't just come with observation. Say the kingdom is right within you. So if you are born again, if you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you carry the Holy Spirit, the kingdom is within you. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, the kingdom of God is within you. As a matter of fact, the kingdom came fully on the day of Pentecost. On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and began to live in the hearts of men. And the kingdom has been progressing since then. And we say this kingdom is superior to other kingdoms, superior to the kingdom of man, superior to the kingdom of Satan. I'm also sure you know that Satan has a kingdom that he operates, and that kingdom is in opposition to the kingdom of God. Everything God wants, Satan doesn't want. Everything God loves, Satan hates. So the kingdom is working in opposition to the kingdom of God. But you also have the kingdom of man. But we said out of all these several kingdoms, the kingdom of God is superior. Other kingdoms will bow. Even the nations of the world, they are bound to one another. At some point in time, it was Rome that was superpower. America is on the scene. So what I'm just saying is that the kingdom of man will rise and fall. But the kingdom of God is forever settled. The Bible says, the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So it's a superior kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. It's a progressive kingdom. We said some principles are necessary for us to run the kingdom. The more we manifest the kingdom, the more the influence we wield over our communities, over our family members. The whole essence is to bring God down to the scene. I'm sure you know the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, then let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's plan is that heaven will be replicated here. And the carrier of that kingdom is you. So, in other words, you can have peace as it is in heaven. You can have prosperity. You can wield power. There's no sorrow in heaven. There's no pain. So, everyone can actually be replicated on earth. That's God's plan. And it's my prayer in your life, everyone will be replicated in Jesus' mighty name. We mentioned that some principles run this kingdom. Some principles, we must know them and work them so that we will manifest the kingdom. And the first one is love. Uh, we said love is the motivation for the kingdom. Love drives the kingdom of God. Without love in the kingdom of God, there will be no love. And of course, hate drives Satan's kingdom. We also said that righteousness is the seat of God's kingdom. That's the foundation of God's kingdom. And uh, we said, you can't say you're a Christian and you practice sin. In other words, we said there's a seed of righteousness in you. As you allow that seed to germinate, you begin to manifest righteousness. So God's throne is based on righteousness. And the Bible says if you are righteous, then you will do righteous works. 
So we have the divine nature of God, and that divine nature helps us to practice righteousness. Also, for us to run the kingdom, we must have faith, confidence in God and his word. And Satan's kingdom operates also on fear. And we said faith is a currency of the kingdom. The way we transact business in the kingdom, the way we download things from heaven to come to Mother Earth, is also by faith. We also said that service is the essence of the kingdom. The whole essence of the kingdom of God is to serve. To serve God, to serve mankind. After David served so well, the Bible says he fell asleep. So service is the essence of the kingdom. So today we are going to look at two more. And the first thing is prayer. Prayer is the catalyst of the kingdom of God. When we don't pray, we are in trouble. People lose ground. They lose territory because of lack of prayers. People say, well, God knows my desires. And because he knows my desires, he should come through. I mean, he knows. He knows. He should do it anyway because he knows. But let me tell you something. God doesn't even pray that way. The Bible says in Psalm 24, verse 1, Psalm 24, verse 1, say the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He said, the world and all those who dwell therein. So the whole earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and the entire world, and even those who dwell therein, they belong to God. But the same Bible also says in Psalm 115 verse 16, Psalm 115 verse 16, that the heavens belong to God, the earth he has given to the sons of men. That beats me. So it is true that God is the landlord, but we are the tenants. And you see, I once lived in an apartment complex. It was a two-bedroom place. Even though I had the key of that apartment complex, if anything breaks down, I had to call them to come and fix it. Even though I was the owner of that place for a season, in court, I was in charge. But anytime I needed them to come and do something in my house, I had to call them up. I had to give them permission for them to come into my house. Brethren, the man of God said, Prayer is aptly licensed for everyone's interference. The earth he has given to man. Man has control over this earth. And I'm sure you also know that Satan is the prince of this world. He controls the world system. But the Bible says God has given man dominion over the works of his hand. It says made him a little lesser than angels. So if you are waiting for God to do it all for you, and you don't invite him consciously, into your affairs, you may wait forever. If you never know how to pray and command and bind and lose and uproot and cast down, if you don't know how to pray, you are shortchanging yourself because Satan is a stubborn goat. He will always try to encroach. Somebody said God proposes. Say Satan opposes. It is man that imposes. So we impose the will of God over our families, we impose the will of God over our communities. We impose the will of God over our country. And the primary way we impose is by prayer. When we pray, we generate angelic activity. When we pray, we activate angels. We get them to move on our behalf. When we don't pray, demons move. So that spiritual realm is being controlled by man. So if you don't learn this, and you wait that, oh, that God knows my wishes, I don't have to pray. You are certainly changing yourself. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, the Elijah was a man just like you and I. But Elijah prayed and he shut up the heavens. 
there was so much idolatry in the land. Elijah shut up the heavens that for a while there was no rain. And when it was time again for him to release the heavens, he prayed again. He prayed seven times. And he opened the heavens. In other words, he had the key. He had the key. He shut up the heavens. He pocketed the key. When it was time again, he opened the heavens. That is influence. That is manifesting God's kingdom. That is how to do it. You know, some boys saw, they saw a man of God, and they were making fun of him. So, oh, Elisha, bald head. Elisha was a bald-headed prophet. And they were making fun of him. And he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And immediately, the Bible says some bears came from the bush and devoured those children. So there is power in the kingdom of God. But the way to access and to get that power running is by prayer. And you know, there are rules that govern prayer. If you want to pray, you have to pray in the name of Jesus. If you want to pray, you have to access God's throne by the blood of Jesus because you have no standing of your own. What makes us stand before God is the blood of Jesus. So when I go before God, I'm conscious of the blood washing me of even sins I'm not aware of. Because for me to have influence, I must be covered by the blood of Jesus. I also pray by the help of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't do well in prayers because they don't engage the Holy Spirit. They are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's no way you can pray for one hour, two hours, three hours without the help of the Holy Spirit. You have to engage him. So it is the Holy Spirit that helps us in the place of prayer. So when your prayers are assisted by the Holy Spirit, when you pray in the name of Jesus, when you access by the blood of Jesus, then you are beginning to learn the rules of different kinds of prayer. You have the prayer of command, where you command demons to go, and they go. You have the prayer of binding and losing. You have the prayer of faith. You have the prayer of intercession. Where you pray for other people, pray for your nation. You have the prayer of thanksgiving. You have the prayer of authority. You have the prayer of consecration, sanctification. Where you learn to say, Lord, it's not my will, but your will. Where you say, Lord, it's not about me, please help me to obey you. It's a prayer. So prayer has rules. But as we engage prayer, we are imposing God's will upon this earth. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, the Amplified Version, it says the effectual, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man so it makes tremendous power available that is dynamic in its workings. So prayer is essential for everyone to release the kingdom of God on earth. Prayer is the catalyst of the kingdom of God. Much intense prayer means much divine activity, means much angelic activity. Prayer boosts our spiritual lives. Prayer makes you grow. When you pray, you begin to grow. The Bible says, build up yourself upon your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says you pray. So by praying in the Holy Ghost, you are fortifying yourself. You are building your spirit man up such that you will get to a point, you begin to feel the anointing. And you know, the disciples of Jesus Christ, they never told him to teach them how to preach. They said, Lord, Master, teach us how to pray. They saw the influence he was wielding through his prayers. I said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus taught them how to pray. He also told them that if you want to pray, go to your closet. Somebody said the secret of praying is praying in secret. The secret of praying is praying in secret. Oh, corporate prayers are good. But even beyond the corporate, if you learn to walk in the closet, you can get anything done. And you see, prayer delivers results. Many times people pray a while and they get tired. Not too long ago, a young lady came to my office. And they'll say, Pastor, I'm 36, I want to get married. 
please, pastor, I've prayed, I've fasted. Pastor, I don't know what else to do. I want to get married. And we prayed. But I told us, I said, look, you have to keep on asking. Because the Bible says whoever keeps on asking receives. You have to keep on seeking. For whoever keeps on seeking finds. You have to keep on knocking on the door. For whoever keeps on knocking on the door shall have the door opened. You see, God will not download in one day or in one soup all he has for you. He will download them over time. So there's a place for persistent praying. There's a place for perseverance in praying. There's a place for endurance in praying. There's a place for praying through. There's a place that you have to tear through the kingdom of darkness. Because by doing that, you are building spiritual muscles. And God wants you to build spiritual muscles. God is all about what you become. God is all about not who you are today, but what you are going to become tomorrow. So God sees in you a spiritual juggernaut. But for that juggernaut to emerge, you have to go through some tough times for you to build spiritual muscles. You see, Gideon never knew who he was. He thought he was a weakling. He said, look, my family is the least in Israel. I'm the least in my father's house. I'm nothing. But when God came to Gideon, he called him a mighty man of valor. There's something you don't know about you. There's something everyone sees and everyone has placed in you that you don't even have an inkling of. There are some potentials you don't even know that you have them. There are some deposits of God in you that you're not even aware of. Over time, Gideon became the man of valor. God took him through some stuff. He became the man of valor. So prayer also delivers results. And you know the happy thing about prayer is that he has a storage tank. The Bible says when the clouds are full of rain, so they empty themselves upon the house. No sincere prayer, no outfit prayer, no burdensome prayer goes unnoticed. At times, you see, when you see somebody having a breakthrough, they've done something in the secret. They've prayed and prayed through in the secret, and then you now see the results. So, don't stop praying. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. There was this woman who went to meet an unjust judge. And yet she was able to get something out of the unjust job because she persisted in prayers. She waited. When Jesus ascended, he told them, said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And they waited in the place of prayer until the Holy Spirit came. Brethren, is my prayer you'll be formidable in the place of prayers. Is my prayer you will learn to engage the Holy Spirit in the place of prayers. Is my prayer you also learn to keep on praying, even when you don't see results. Love is the driver of the kingdom of God. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Service is the whole essence of the kingdom of God. And of course, prayer is the catalyst. Another thing I would like to talk about is giving. Brethren, giving matters a lot. You want to run God's economy, you have to be a giver. Because God himself is a giver. He's a distributor. You see, Satan holds. Satan would rather take the wealth of the world and put it in somebody's bosom so that that person becomes an oppressor. Why do we have so much poverty in the world? Why do we have so much pain? Because the rich, they amass the wealth and they sit on it. They get all they can and they sit on the can. So you see, a few people, they amass wealth. That's demonic. That's not God. No, 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 no. That's not God. God is a distributor. He's able to make all grace abound towards you. The Bible says God is a distributor. So God is a giver. He gives. He keeps giving. And that was why he gave his best gift in the person of Jesus Christ. 
Giving makes the system work. If you hold on so tenaciously to what you have, you may miss God. Because you see, the greatest competitor in the life of man with God is money. As a matter of fact, in church work, in this kingdom business, two things we need, God and money. That's why God is so particular about money. And you see, wealth in this kingdom is not acquired. It's entrusted. You have to be trusted. You have to be a trusted person. That's why God said, look, bring me 10%. It's a test. But many times, people don't bring the 10% because they are sitting on it. Invariably, a lot of people will end up in hell because of the love of money. And God wants you to see him as the source. People worship money over God. And that's why God said, look, you know, bring me something. That title you are holding is not yours, it's mine. The ability to walk. The ability to reason. So, the flow, many times, is blocked because people get it and they sit on it. It's my prayer, God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. And who do you give to? The Bible says, give to the poor. That if you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. And it will come back. When you loan somebody money, the person will deliver on promise. But now went on to say in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Galatians 6, 10, it says, do good to all men. Say, particularly to those who are of the household of faith. So when you see a lack in church, and you go ahead to meet that lack, you are doing God proud. You are manifesting the kingdom. When God tells you, ah, notice that brother is always the same shirt he's been wearing for the past four Sundays. Buy him a load of shirts. When you have such ministrations come through, please do it. Because you are also helping the economy of the kingdom of God. Somebody is poor, somebody is praying to God, and God said, look, I've given resources out here. Please, dispatch it, distribute it. So who do you give to? You give to the poor, both in and out of the church. Who do you give to? You give to your parents, your physical parents. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2, it says there that honor your father and your mother so this is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that your days may be long. So if you have physical parents and you don't send them money, maybe they're in China or they're in Africa, you are not doing yourself well. It says, bless them that it may be well with you. Because when they receive that and they bless you, it will be well with you. And your days will be long. So we are not of the flock that forget their parents. Even if you keep them in homes, we still take care of them. So we also give to our physical parents. Who do you give to? You also give to your pastor. Very critical. Very serious. It's all over in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. You give to men of God. That's what we call the prophet reward. Matthew chapter 10 verse 41. Paul also said, it's not as if I need your money, but I just want your account to be fruitful. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, it says, And my God shall supply. Something triggered that prayer. My God shall supply all your needs. It was because the Philippian church, they were helping him when he was in Thessalonica. So they were always sending supplies to Paul when he was in prison. Always sending supplies to Paul. So when Paul came back, he said, Ah, my God shall supply all. That you've been a blessing to me. God will bless you as a result. Something triggered it. But when you now come to the Corinthian church, he was always teaching them how to give. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. He said, if I've ministered, if I've blessed you spiritually, if I've blessed you, 
Is it too much to also ask for your material things? There's what you call prophet reward. You tap into the grace a man of God carries, it can turn your life around. Paul said, say, look, you all are partakers of my grace. Say, you partake of the grace I have. Some things don't answer to prayers. When God gave promise to Abraham, he was about to sacrifice his son. When God told Solomon, ask for anything, it was some crazy giving. How do you be a blessing back? It's by prayer and giving. Oh, it's good to pray. Pray for your man of God. Pray, but also give to your man of God. Philippians chapter 4. Paul said, look, it's not as if I have a need, but I want your account to be funded in heaven. So the kingdom runs also by this economy. And because God is our source, we can't run dry. You see, people don't give because they're afraid. That, ah, if I give this, where will the next one come? It was like that through now my two man. She said, oh, if I give this now, ah, this is my last meal. This is my last meal. But when she connected with the prophet, and she gave what was supposedly the last meal to the prophet, the heavens opened. She had entered a new lease, a new realm altogether. The Bible says, believe in the Lord your God and you will establish. It says, believe in your prophets and you will prosper. There is what you call the prophet reward. When you bless a man of God, he has a way of triggering something in your life. It is God that multiplies the seed that you sow. So don't think it's your last meal. Even if it's your last meal, it will multiply it back to you. So don't be afraid. Because money is an issue with God. It's always an issue. It will always remain an issue until Jesus Christ comes back. So, love drives the kingdom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Service is the essence of the kingdom. Righteousness is the seat of the kingdom. Prayer, that's the catalyst. And of course, your giving also makes a whole lot of difference. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.